welcome to the Wicked Awesome Cast, episode 205 or something like that. I, I'm still sick. I, yes, yeah, so this is the Wicked Awesome Cast. Uh, as always, I'm Mordak, aka Charlie, joined by Henry, aka Nomad Har, aka Kraken Zero. Fuck, I'm still sick. And Alex, <laughs> who's Mave Online or whatever the fuck his gamer tag is. I'm gonna be saying, God, I'm sick a lot this podcast. Uh, Thank you for rejoining us. I, I I'd love to say that last week's absence was from some social conscious standpoint, but no, I was just incredibly sick, and while I am less so, still not doing great. So apologies in advance for all the coughing and all that jazz that'll be in this episode. I'm sure, but yeah, ah, I, I got tales of COVID testing uh, stations. If we want to dive into what the fuck I've been up to, because. It hasn't been much, because I've been sleeping a whole fuck ton. <laughs> yeah. And so, for those concerned, I don't have COVID, or at least according to two COVID tests we got, I don't have COVID. I do have all the symptoms, more or less, of COVID, so read into that what the fuck you will. And they just reported West Nile in the place I live, so... Yeah! Things are great where Mord lives. Mordland is fantastic, and definitely not a dark nightmare right now of... Me being quarantined in my living room, away from my wife and dog. Hopefully, you know, I I hope that the, like the uh, the killer fucking hornets maybe will kill off the West Nile mosquitoes. But you know what? It I, never works out that like that. Why well, they I, just <laughs> that that sounds like an esports fucking team match or some shit. <laughs> West Nile mosquitoes versus the killer hornets. Yeah, that. God, yeah. What, what fucking sport would that be? Like that's. League of Legends, easy. Yeah, that's, that's League, you're absolutely right, or something that's MOBA-ish, yeah. Maybe yeah. Valorant. It's, a minor, it's like a, yeah, a minor league fucking... Oh, f- league it's totally a minor league team, team. yeah. I, it's, <laughs> I, it's So because I've been in and out of consciousness on and off for, God, almost a week and a half at this point, I have a shit ton of time to watch stuff. Uh, rewatched Outlaw Star, watched a truly amazingly terrible show called Nos... Uh, Nosferatu, but it's spelled out like N-0-4-A-T-U because it's a license plate. Uh, if you want to watch a show that's like unforgivably bad, but has some like defendably cool concepts in it, and also some um, Zachary Quinto just being the creepiest, totally not a vampire, vampire motherfucker ever. What what I love about this show is they make the phrase Christmas land the most sinister, fucked up thing possible. And as someone who does not celebrate Christmas, anytime you can do that to Christmas, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, watch that. I'm I'm watching Psychopaths again because the second season finally came out on a platform I have. I'm watching Avatar. I I got to play some Fantasy Star Online too before the disease was like, yo. You're gonna have a hard time staying vertical for more than three hours at a time. Oh, you know, I, I just all right. So I just looked this up. Yeah, you know what this is kind of developed from a book by Stephen King's son. What the Nosferatu thing? Yeah, it's oh. part yeah, of the issue Joe... is there. There are some defendably cool or... ideas in the show. The issue is like so. The first season is ten episodes long. Eight and a half of those episodes don't actually fucking matter all that much. I'm eight episodes, but like that extra half I just added back in is spread out across eight episodes. Like it's not like half of an episode's important. No, no, it's like the last two, and then like five minutes here and there 
from the rest of the show's first season are actually important to deal with. Like, there's a fucking moment. Like, fuck spoilers. I don't care. There's no way of spoiling the show. It's kind of terrible. There's a moment where, like, uh, Zachary Kinto's character, who's known as the Wraith or Father Christmas, walks into a bar with the clown from It the evil Easter bunny and this, like, minor dude, and they all start having this, like, super villain demon conversation, and I'm like, this is the most interesting thing in this show so far. Why did it take so long for, like, the villain bar to show up? <laughs> like, where the fuck was this in episode three to establish that, like, in this universe, all of the people that, like, all apparently all the male people that, like, get this weird, like, I think they're called, like, gifted or extreme creatives or something. Like, the, the idea is that they're so creative they can drag the imaginary world into the real world in some weird bullshit way, but that's not important or whatever. Like, apparently in this universe that, like, every dude that manifests it does, like, the kind of unsurprising dude thing and, like, starts, like, abusing children to, like, circumvent the power of their abilities. Like, all the abilities have a catch to them, like, they cause bad things to happen to the main character, like, is slowly building up fluid in the back of her left eye, the Nosferatu connection is the Wraith's ability, slowly fucking turns him into, like, a ghoul vampire, and by shoving children into Christmas land, he, like, offsets the ghoulification onto the children, but he has to, like, feed them people everywhere. It's a fucking weird show that's terrible, that has, like, moments of unbelievable coolness, but the majority of it is god awful. You know that that kind of summarizes a lot of Joe Hill's work. <laughs> he's he's not nearly the author his father is. Yeah, I, at I, least I, not yet. I mean, I don't he has think his father is the author his father is all the time. Like p part of the joy of Stephen King is he's put out so much fucking stuff. It averages out to pretty good across the board, but there's some real lead balloons in there. Oh yeah, there's some bad. He, he just yeah, he does not have a perfect library. There no. are some real bad books, especially during the cocaine years. Some of those are great though. Some of those during the cocaine years are also pretty awesome. I, I just so. love talking about the Dark Tower with people. They try to defend how that stuff ends. It's like no, it's it's terrible. Just admit to it. Yeah, great ideas. Rehab was a hell of a problem for that franchise. Yeah, but. Yeah, uh, Joe Hill, he he has plenty of time to catch up. <laughs> yeah, and he's not and going there to. there again, it's like, you can, you can be a writer and have both great books and bad books and everything in oh, between. Oh yeah, it, we're not critiquing that, I'm just critiquing the show for being <laughs> like, yeah, borderline unwatchable, but also like, the perfect show to watch when you don't care what you're watching because you're also mm. like, mildly hallucinating a little bit. You're like, oh, this show's terrible. Changing the thing cut requires more effort than I can put in right now. Man, all I remember about Outlaw Star, which you also mentioned, is that is a 90s-ass anime. It is a 90s-ass anime that, like... <laughs> Holy shit. But also, like, despite its one or two... Like, it's weird. Like, I so because of this, I've had time to go back and watch a bunch of stuff and actually, like, catch up on shows I've been told I might be into, and that's been a good thing. But also, like, I watched Outlaw Star because I like Outlaw Star, and it's from that weird time period where because, like, the show should be dated, and don't get me wrong, there's, there's the one exceedingly problematic episode that's, like, the most 
yup, we put a Hot Spring episode in this show because 90s anime. But, like, even in that show's context, they, like, make fun of how it's like, yeah, we had to put this in. But also, like, it's you could completely skip this episode and nothing matters. But also, like, it sets up the ending of the show in the weirdest way possible. It's It's weird. The problematic parts of that show are still problematic, but compared to lots of other shows that, like, weren't aware the problems might be problematic, it ages surprisingly well. Like, I'm not saying it's a perfect show or anything, but, like, the stuff that should have aged really poorly hasn't, is better than, like, a lot of stuff being made now where it's like, man, Japan does not know how to handle gay people still in anime. This is, like, how did they get worse at it over time in some ways? <laughs> like, yeah, it's like, it's, I, it's, again, it's, it, Yes, the characters played off as kind of a bit of a joke character, but also, like, they're fully developed and have shit going on and, like, aren't a complete creepy... And they're not played off as creepy characters. played off as, like, yep, this character's gay, and it makes one of the characters uncomfortable, and all the other characters fucking make fun of him for being homophobic for that, too. Like, it's it's weirdly progressive. It's like, the characterization's a problem, but at the same time, like, the reaction to it and the rest of the show being, like, you fucking idiot for, being, for like, being weird about this... It's a little bit ahead of its time, but also this is the same show that brought us the caster gun, which is a gun that shoots magic bullets, which is why I watch the show. <laughs> what is it? It's a gun that shoots magic bullets. Okay, uh, no, no, it's literally a thing. Like, the Hot Spring episode I mentioned, they go to the Hot Spring planet because the priests that make the magic bullets live there. Because they're mm. perverts. <laughs> Of course they are. Of course they are. And, like, they're unabashedly. And also, like, people are like, man, why the fuck are these pervy monks the ones that make the magic bullets? Oh, right, because they have nothing better to do. But, yeah, I I did tune in for the uh, Destiny event that happened, like, literally yesterday as of recording this. Uh, we, we watched the Almighty blow up. It, it blew up. That thing was Over about the it. course of, like, an hour and a half, apparently. I missed yeah. out on it. You didn't miss much, like, the, the actual explosion, so it it was me hanging out with my clan, just kind of talking and bullshitting and stuff, and that made it fun, and when it actually blew up, that was pretty cool, especially as Destiny's first, like, real live event. It worked, like, it, it felt cool. The issue was it was spread out across an hour and a half, like, it, it, it was the odd situation of, yes, stuff did indeed start happening at... 10 a.m. Pacific time when they said it was going to. It just didn't conclude till an hour and a half later. And if the entire thing had been like 15 minutes, a half hour long, we'd all be much more positive on it. But like what actually happened was defendably cool. And for a game that like has felt bizarrely fragile lately and like it's about to fall off a cliff into the ocean, I'm kind of okay with it still. Like I got an emblem out of it. So you didn't miss much if you weren't there. There's a chunk missing out of the tower last time I checked. Uh, it was neat. The Almighty blew up real good. They finally, like, crossed a fucking T off that list of, like, weird bullshit that the fans like me are going, what about the giant space laser that's left out there? Shut up! No, no, we want an answer about what's up with the giant space laser. The answer is it got blown up. Hope you enjoyed those public events. They blew up that ship real good. It was pretty cool, I guess. A chunk I'm of the towers I guess missing. I'm just glad that the public events are done. Or uh, going to be done. You can still do them, but yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's closing off the season. Season ends in when? Uh, Tuesday. Tuesday, okay. The day after this goes up will be the end of the, this season and the start of the next season. I kind of 
about a week and a half ago, decided, fuck it, I'll get my season pass to max, because I can grind while hallucinating under fever, and sure enough, I did that. I This season was undefendably bad, but also... Yeah. The trailers they've put out either for next season or for next year, it's not quite clear which yet, look badass as fuck, so I'm kind of like tentatively being like, one ticket for the hype train? With yeah. refundability? I'm gonna buy another season pass. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. I already paid for it. I bought Shadowkeep. Yeah, it's... Like, if you ask me, am I happy with this year of Destiny up to this point, it's like, yeah. Season of uh, Season of Almighty or whatever the fuck this one's been called. It should have been called Season of the Comrade. It, it sucked, but also like there were some cool moments in it. Like Fellwinter's Lie is back. The lore aspects of that quest were cool. The quest itself was hot garbage. Like but yeah, the lore aspect was cool. Yeah, it, the, yeah. the fact that Fellwinter's Lie is back is also just kind of cool across the board. Like Point of the Stag is a bad weapon, and the quest for it to get it is bad, but also. It's kind of neat having a pinnacle PvP bow, and yeah, I. I don't. I I didn't. What do you? What did you need to get? There? Iron Banner. Oh. You had to do lots of Iron Banner. Mm. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't. I don't play Iron yeah, the, Banner. Yeah. You had. I only got it because I knew I could get the entire quest done in a day if I just kind of like gritted my teeth and knuckled down through it. Like, it's not. It. it I, I've told you to go get it if it was worth getting. Like, it's. It's not good. But I'm like, hey, I got a pinnacle bow. That's not hush. Neat. Yep. Yeah, I've been trying to uh, go for. Uh, well, I've been slowly making my way towards getting the uh, knife thrower. Uh, yeah. What's the the uh, Randy's throwing scout knife? Scout rifle. Yep. Yeah, Randy's knife thrower, the scout rifle. Yeah. That's one of my go-to weapons at this point. But yeah, like it's yeah. like even as much as this season sucked, it got me using some guns I don't like to use. Like I I used auto rifles on ironically this season. Like and not just hard light. Like my the steel rather. Re- the steel feather repeater I ground for last season during season of the dawn. That's a fucking amazing auto rifle. I actually used this season, and that was fun to actually have a reason to use that. I guess like it's weird because like for me, season of the dawn is such a high point of this entire like Destiny Two experience. In some ways, it's like Shadowkeep was cool. Season of the dawn was cool. So if you average it out, the year was at least okay. Yeah, and, yeah. Shadow Keep. Yeah, the moon being haunted as fuck. Yeah, was cool, and also yeah, the the season of of the dawn was actually pretty cool. Yeah, yeah I, that was actually like it, it brought us Saint fourteen. Yeah, if only, if only. That. Yeah, and it's one of those ones where like from the pure fan standpoint of fucking Saint fourteen is just scumming it up in the tower now, being like, yo, you want to do trials? Fuck, I don't like trials. But I love that Trials is back, so people can now shut the fuck up about it if they just brought Trials back. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and when people come about Trials, I go, well, you asked for this. Sorry, it's exactly what you wanted it to be. Oh, did you think you were better at PvP than you actually are? Yeah, I, it's... That's what I've been up to, mostly. Like, I, I tried playing Fantasy Star Online. I may have to actually restart my character, because I forgot how involve the first like eight hours of playing that game are and like so my my character from xbox you can respect your character pretty easily no no it's not that it's the i stopped playing it kind of like a third of the two-thirds of the way through the tutorial for like new players on the xbox Mm. and it carried over that all that progress to the pc version which is great except i have no fucking clue what to do now Mm. um you know i've 
I only I played a very tiny bit, yeah. but I don't really own a controller that's good that that works with it because my 360 controller finally just gave the fuck yeah. out because the fact that I use it all the time. And it and the game is real shitty about detecting literally anything other than a 360 controller. Well, yeah, cuz it's through the Microsoft store. Yeah. Which is fucking stupid. So allegedly, it's like my other controller that I have that's a real good controller yeah. doesn't work with it. Allegedly, you can mouse and keyboard it, but I've never tried that, and no, that seems like a nightmare. No, on PC? It's yeah. not good. Yes. It's not good. I, I was using keyboard and mouse when I jumped on play. And it's not good. It's way better with a controller. I could see it being better with a controller, um, but I, I didn't really have a huge amount of issues, just mainly because I'm used to keyboard and mouse combo setup. Yeah. I mean, I'm used to keyboard and mouse setup. That's what I use for Destiny, but... I think it very much depends what class you're playing in that game. The I don't know, though. I, it's, that feels like I, a I weird mean, game I'm to playing play a bouncer. Controller. That, I could imagine that class sucks is not a controller. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a class where, yeah, I mean, it just makes sense for it to be a controller. Yeah, that's... Yeah, I, I decided that of the classes, bouncer fits the way I play the best. Like, I like the fact that they have magic and close-range skills. That's that's the mix that I like. Yeah. I went Hunter. I like them swords. So I'm, so I'm playing the, a, not Newman, the other one. Devilman? New, the, huh? The devil one? Yeah. Yeah, the Dooman. Dooman or something. Yeah. It, I was reading it's Demon, but it's not. It, yeah, it's like Dooman. Yep, yep. That's what I and they work really well for bouncers. Just the uh, they are the uh, they are the species that they flat out say if you're running a bouncer, don't do anything but this species. And yeah, I yeah, and that's yeah, I haven't really played much of it because yeah, I don't have a controller that that works with it. So yeah, I'm on the lookout for a 360, another 360 controller. Is I like corded controllers. I don't like cordless controllers. With my PC, if I can possibly avoid it. Yeah. Uh, this just in, and it's not really news, but something I found funny, and my wife just sent me a picture of, I guess, the Bloodborne official account is out there saying shit like, people are real pissed off at us for being political right now. It's like, I can't believe a game about surviving a town in a, in a town full of fucking racists is being political all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> I thought we all would enjoy that potentially, but yeah, that's oh, yeah. that's what I've been up to. Mostly, it's been just kind of passively watching shit because I have been on and off, ranging from like sick to yeah, I'm fucking sick right now. Yeah, um, yeah, I guess I'll go yeah, ahead and go, go next. For it. So yeah, I haven't really played any Destiny two in a few weeks, to be honest. You've been out and about, yeah, yeah, um. I've played some games, though. I played some more 100% Orange Juice. It's just kind of fun to get on and just play a game or, you know, start a game or join one that's already going. Um, I do wish that, and they aren't going to update it with this or anything, but if you join a game, you could choose your own character because the characters are wildly different in in how you play them. But... Mm. Uh, it's still fun just to jump in the game or to start a game just and have people just join up and it's real still pretty possible to do. It's pretty crazy that there's still a pretty strong community for it. 
I also started playing a thing. Uh, I kind of, I didn't mention it by name, but it was some more games that I bought off the Playism uh, sale. And Star Sky, the Star Sky series. And I played the first one of it. And it's, it's really kind of relaxing. It's a nice little game. It's one of your sort of, I, I don't know how to describe it. Uh, there's no quick way to describe it. But essentially, all you do is move right. It's kind of it's all in silhouettes or mostly in silhouettes, and it's at night. Is it a and platformer or no, no, no? It's not a platformer. It's just more of a sort of a ex- experience thing. Okay. And as you you can trigger different things by getting, you'll hear the music kind of start to swell a bit if you get near a trigger. And like, is it a walking simulator technically? I I know it's a yeah. Bad... I guess I guess kind of like that. And so, uh, but it definitely, you need to do multiple playthroughs to get all, to trigger all the possible things. And when when you do get to the kind of an ending, it shows you which triggers you set off and which ones you haven't yet. And some of them just combine, like, having different things or not doing different things is also possibilities. Like, there are, yeah, it does kind of make it somewhat clear that, like, Sometimes doing a thing is right. Sometimes not doing a thing also causes other things to happen. So sometimes you may skip a trigger intentionally. Basically, if you don't sit still for a trigger, it goes away if you just keep walking. Um, it, uh, triggers only happen if you actually sit still for a minute, and then you kind of hear the music swell, and then whatever is going to happen happens. But it's pretty cool. It's It's really nice. It's just kind of really tiny game. I'll probably play through the other two at some point. But yeah, it's just really easy. You can you just pr- hold press right to move to the right and you press up to run to the right. Like if you're maybe just trying to get through a trigger quickly or just trying to do something. But yeah. Real fun game. And I got yeah, I got all the triggers for the triggers for it. Um which aren't too bad to figure out. There's not that many branches. Like, there's not that many branching paths. But there's some pretty clear parts. It's like, yeah, that's a definitely like a, a... You're taking a different path here, depending on what you do here, or whether or not you trigger an event. But yeah, it's uh, pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of your indie-style games. So yeah, I, I played that. Um, I watched... Well, I watched a uh, another anime or at least started i'm not sure if i'm going to continue because i'm not sure how much i like it it's it was fine it's uh, called a princess connect re dive and it's it's definitely another isekai anime it's definitely another yeah like person from another world gets you know resurrected into in a in a fantasy world however the the one thing that's different is this one, he had, the character, the main character, has no memory. To the point that he's basically, like, to start with, like, a child, practically. Huh, like, so it's an isekai, but the person has no idea it's an isekai, essentially. Yeah. But it's, and it's basically kind of like a fucking infant in, in how much of his memory is gone. Like, doesn't remember basic shit. Huh. And, and gets owned pretty hard if he tries to fight. However, one thing that's already clear from the beginning is his power isn't really 
he though he looks like a fighter, he's more like basically maybe like a paladin or something in that he buffs other people. He huh. like other people like when he's teamed up with other people, he can give them power, but he's pretty weak and he's pretty useless in a fight unless he's with other people that he can buff. Which is kind of, it, it's interesting. I, I kind of like that aspect. Hopefully they stick with that where he's a support character. The main, kind of the main, or at least the character whom the action revolves around is a, actually a support character rather than like a, you know, badass fighter hero. But, yeah, I, I it's just, holy crap, there's so there's still way too many isekai shows. There's just so many. I it it kind of blows my mind how many there are right now. If you go on Crunchyroll, I guarantee you half of those shows are isekai shows. Thematically, it makes sense that you have Escaping to Another World being popular right now. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it's it's just, yeah, it's kind of unbelievable how many there are. But this one, I don't know. It, it had some cool elements to it. I kind of started watching it because there's a review about it on Crunchyroll. But uh, yeah, I mean... I don't know, I may or may not. I, I've watched a couple of episodes, but I don't know how interested I am in continuing it. But uh, if there's enough if there's enough difference from other isekai stuff to make me keep, want to keep watching it. I mean, that's really what I'm looking for. Because definitely there's some of the isekai stuff that's going that I'm like, yeah, that's, this seems boring. Super not interested. But, but have yeah. you thought about watching a show where there's an evil car. Yeah. But yeah, the, uh, other than that, I mean, that's the thing, it's like, like, I've been, I've been attending protests, so I mean, that's, that's, that's taken up more of my time, and just, yeah, and figuring out ways, yeah, I mean, just, you know, so, I haven't played nearly as many games, or watched nearly as many shows as I usually do. And, but yeah, I, yeah, I did miss out on the Destiny 2 stuff, as I mentioned earlier. I just have not been playing Destiny 2. Like, I think I might hop on today just to kind of finish, see if there's any threads I need to finish out yeah, the season. Uh, as someone who's finished off more of that season than I want to admit to, if you have four horse, fourth horsemen, you have Fell Winners Lie, and you're happy with that, there's not a lot of reason to play until the next season starts. Yeah, I've got all the, like, and yeah, the exotic quests I finished. Um, there was, yeah, there's another one. Yeah, I mean, I finished all the exotic quest stuff. I was just going to see, log on today, see if there's any sort of hanging threads I still need to deal with. Like, A, spending any remaining Warmind bits I yeah, have. Yeah, that's the only thing just... I got left at this point to do. I think I have enough to max out all the bunkers just by how much fucking Gambit I've played this, this season. Ooh. Yeah, uh, I don't. Like, it's just, I don't know. Like, I played a good bit this season, but not enough to get that many Warmind bits, to be honest. Yeah, I've... Oh no, I unlocked the, hey, you can unlock bits via Gambit playing, and just have been like, oh, I have 8,000 bits somehow. Neat. Yeah, I I, I guess, like, I've played a, I've still played a good bit of PvP, and PV, you know, the PvP type yeah. stuff, but it's just like, but not enough to get that many Warmind bits. Like, I, I unlocked the stuff in the in the bunkers to the extent that, you know, I would get Warmind bits faster, but... Yeah. Now, I, I almost unlocked... I, 
I almost reset my infamy twice this season. Yeah, I re I reset it once. Um, yeah, I reset my infamy once this season in Gambit. Uh, and in Crucible, one I reset I reset my my uh, ga my uh, glory once or not glory the other valor one. valor yeah valor I reset my valor once this season. I don't really play in the glory ones because that's the uh, calm no yeah that's the uh, yeah competitive stuff sweatsicle. <laughs> but yeah, I yeah for. Obvious reason I mentioned before, because I am such a filthy casual, I don't really play the comp stuff, because, I don't know, I, I enjoy the game, I, like, when I play Destiny 2, I just play it because I enjoy, enjoy it. Yeah, the comp stuff. not enjoy the good. PvE stuff. You're not like, missing much by not touching comp. Yeah, and, and I get enough, P like, fun out of just the normal PvP stuff, you know, like, out of just playing some Crucible Control, or even the, uh, the three-on-three -three thing, the, uh, can't even remember the name of it at the moment, but um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I get enough out of just what I play that I don't really care to play the comp stuff. I'm not, I'm not that into the PvP stuff to want to play the comp stuff. Oh, sure, yeah. I'm good enough at PvE stuff where I enjoy that, so, I mean, yeah. But, yeah, I guess that's all I did. That was my week. Alex? How's WoW? <laughs> WoW is pretty good. Nazoth Mythic is dead. We did it. Oh, cool. We shot him with a laser from our necklace, therefore stopping him in perhaps one of the biggest builds up for a villain becoming the most anticlimactic fucking ending cinematic. Yeah, anything that starts off with we shot him with a laser from our necklace. <laughs> <laughs> like, either that's a Sailor Moon plot or anticlimactic. Yeah. Like, I really wish, I, I sincerely wish there was, this was like a whole, like, oh, turns out that's an illusion. You guys have all been secretly mind-controlled or some sort of fun aspect. No, nope. We spent the entire expansion pumping Azerite, which is the essence of, I guess, like the planet, into a necklace to literally, like, get fly up midway in the room we're in and then Kamehameha. An old god with a fucking necklace beam. Well, well, so let, let me ask, like, when you're doing the necklace beam, does your tummy start to glow and does, like, a lion <laughs> bear yell, care bear stare or something? Like, No, but you get a dwarf with a really thick Scottish accent. Okay, so you, it's basically the same thing. You care bear stared something to death. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I knew the cinematic mm. was already there. Like, it's nothing... That's a surprise, and when they did the first, you know, kill, like, you knew it was coming. Ah, <sighs> but still, every time we kill Nazoth, it's like, uh It's such a lame fucking ending for a villain who's corrupted, you know, the Earth Warden to become, you know, fucking Deathwing. The one who's corrupted all these things everywhere throughout the years, and whispers, and this and that. At the very end, we literally just shoot him with a fucking beam of planet energy, and he well, just falls over. Let me ask a. And this is not me meant to be knocking things at this point. This is purely this is it's purely meant to kind of give context. Question: What was the last good boss fight? I guess that like <sighs> ended with you feeling like, yeah, we did the thing. Um, I'd probably say the last boss from the. 
previous expansion, maybe? Okay, that's I one mean, reason I thought it was going to be, in all honesty. Yeah, I mean, Antorus was actually a pretty decent raid. Um, and fighting Argus at the very end was actually kind of fucking cool. Just because, like, you, like, the whole cinematic with Argus and everything is really fucking cool. Did I tell you what happens for that one? Uh, okay, so let me ask, I guess, that, is it the boss fight that's cool, or the cinematic in that case that's cool? Oh, mechanics-wise? Yeah. Oh, shit. I mean, there's a lot of really cool boss mechanics here and there. There are a few that make me want to pull my fucking hair out. Um, especially the ones where it's like, oh, one person made one mistake? Fuck the whole raid! Like, it's... Yeah, um, if I had to say, like, package deal with, like, a cinematic or something and mechanics, I would probably say Argus was a really cool way to go. Hmm. Like, it set up things well. Because, like, so Argus is supposed to be the... So, just to give you some context, each planet has a world soul, if you will, in WoW. Sure, this tracks. That's a sense that makes sense. Yeah. So... Azeroth is the name of our world, so Argus was the one uh, where the the uh, the Burning Legion comes from, and so it's rumored that Argus is also the Titan of Death, uh, as far as the lore for WoW goes. So when we stop him, he he you know he dies, and then it's like oh now we're gonna get um oh what the fuck's his name? I can't remember his name all of a sudden. Uh, let me see. Hold on. Titans, World of Warcraft. It's been so long I can't remember his name. But, uh, Sargeras. He's basically the leader, the creator, and leader of the Burning Legion. So we take out, um, what is it? We take out Argus, whatever, and all that. And then we go after Sargeras, who turns out to have been hiding in the cosmos above the planet. And,. We help the other Titans literally summon the energy to rip him from there and imprison him. And before we can imprison him, Argus pulls out a giant fucking sword and stabs the planet with a giant fucking yeah, I, sword. I've seen the cinematic. It's dope, I guess. It's a great... <laughs> it's not. It's really not that good. It's fine. I liked it. I uh, liked it's... it. Because it was basically like a giant fuck this planet in particular moment. Sure. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so... It reeks of, you didn't win, I guess, and I always find those cutscenes a little bit annoying. Well, if you're gonna go with something like that, I would probably even go as back as far that I can think of that I really enjoyed. I would go as far back as, uh, Wrath of the Lich King, when we take that's out... That's honestly what I was betting on. Uh, that, that's, I'm like... I, mm. I, I asked my question with my brain going, like, what are the chances the answer is Lich King? Like, because that, that's, you know, that's also when I was still rating pretty hardcore in that. Yeah. And, like, the Lich King fight. The Lich King fight was great, but it, part of the reason it was so good is because um, you had an entire expansion building up this character. Like, you saw traces of him and, yeah, like, I, glimpses of him throughout the whole expansion. It wasn't oh, yeah, this no, whole, it, like... Yeah, yes. I, I, I mostly bring that up just to be like, yo, there's like, what, four expansions between Lich King and the current one? He oh, just absolutely. kind of said, no, fuck that, too. Yeah, no, absolutely. But it's it's just great. Yeah, that that, that was purely a, I think, the, I think his answer's gonna be Lich King, ultimately. Yeah, like, I was stoked with fucking Lich King died. Yeah, Lich King was great. So, yeah, um... Some on this podcast might see Lich King was the last time WoW was good. 
Mm. But yeah, the uh, the fact that his dad is happy and actually kind of was cool because so this final raid actually has a mount that drops for you and there's two that drop per kill and I got the first one so I'm happy about that. That makes me happy. But uh, yeah, um, other than that, I've been playing more Smite, especially getting ready for the release of a new god coming out pretty soon. Motherfucking Cthulhu! That's right. And he looks pretty fucking beefy. It's a good-looking Cthulhu. I gotta give it that. <laughs> I'm not always a fan of the Smite character design, but that's a good-looking Cthulhu. Oh, his some of his mechanics and what he does is really fucky, too. Like, I like it. So, like, there are certain... Just to give you an idea real quick, but like, there's a certain characters, like... When you play Loki, Loki's like a stealthy rogue character that stabs you from behind kind of thing. As Loki should be, yes. Yeah. So he makes a distinct sound when he disappears and, and you know, goes into stealth, if you will. Um, so with Cthulhu, as you build, like, as you get corrupted by his insanity, eventually you start to hear things in the game that you shouldn't normally hear. One of those things you hear sound effect wise is Loki's disappearing uh, around you. So it does this weird thing where it fucks with your, like, audio in your game as well as like the visuals so it's really neat i gotta say it, it be a, i know nothing about smite except like the four characters i'm okay i think are kind of neat to play as like that world serpent model looks real good too like mm. the, the little bit of investigating i did into this because alex was like yo cthulhu and smite and my reaction was i don't want to have to care about smite but i'll care about it for an hour because i'm <laughs> feverish right now and looked at it and i'm like that's a cool looking cthulhu Got some neat stuff going on, hypothetically. Oh, yeah. Especially for a mobile-like game like that, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I uh, I look forward to it. So, I've been playing some Smite, getting more back into that recently. Um, I did mention last time we had the podcast that I started doing, um, what was it, uh, Street Fighter Five again. So, that's been kind of fun. I've been dabbling around with some of that. Um, but. Yeah, other than that, I mean, it's pretty much just been, like, business as usual for me. It's it's nothing too crazy. Obviously, I've been following the protest, and I have to say one of the things I like about this whole thing is it's been making it really easy to fucking clear out my friends list from people who post a bunch of bullshit, so good times. But, yeah, other than that, um, yeah, that's it for me. Cool. Yeah. Sorry, I wish to, I know it's kind of anticlimactic, but. No, I. Mm. <laughs> well, Alex, we're gonna start off with uh, we, we had some news to get through, I guess. Yeah. Oh, what some news? Yeah. <laughs> and we're, we're gonna start off with the Alex news right off the bat because I have a suspicion you maybe have some things to say about what uh, your favorite branch of Activision's been up to lately. Yeah. Uh So uh, the the. the the news we're not going to I what's the right phrase editorialize it all is uh BlizzCon twenty twenty has been cancelled, surprising absolutely no one. Yep. I mean it it just literally makes sense that this is gonna be a thing. Yeah, I there are going to be no fan con conventions till at least twenty twenty two. There I'll I'll throw that one down right there. I it's not coming back next year either. Maybe they'll do a digital thing this year. How the fuck should I know? But more importantly, does Blizzard actually even have anything to show except Ghostlands or whatever the fuck it's called? Shadowlands. Shadowlands. So, 
They so they when they talked about it in, in their uh, thing announcement recently, they said they're canceling a the BlizzCon, obviously due to kind of stuff going on and on right now and all that. But on top of that, um, they did say they do plan to have some sort of like either digital or virtual thing, not necessarily like the BlizzCon virtual ticket. Um, although I don't know the exact details, but rumor is that's going to happen sometime early 2021. As opposed to having BlizzCon 2020. So, it, it obviously doesn't make up a full actual live event. But, um, they did talk about how there will be something early 2020. Yeah. Or, sorry, early 2021. Well, and I, I want you all now, this has all been a nice kind of way of leading into our actual Blizzard news this week. So, I, I want you to put on your time traveler hats, your way back machine smocks, uh, whatever it is you use to kind of remember back to previous times on this podcast uh you're all comfy there think back to the last time we were talking about protests about truly legitimate protests that were spilling over into gaming and making certain groups of gamers very unhappy about a variety of things because as we all know politics have no place in video games uh so what was it blizzcon 2020 2019 uh yes that was so just a year uh, to put this in frame of me- put this in kind of a frame of context i'm being real shitty to blizzard alex is like i really enjoy playing wow but they punched me again last night they said they won't do it again henry's off protesting blizzard <laughs> for very legitimate reasons and we, we, we probably I, I went on kind of a big rant about kind of the insincerity of blizzard bugging me at this point mm-hmm Alex, would you like to talk about why I was maybe 100% right? What do you mean? I don't know. Uh, so in kind of fantastic Activision Blizzard, lack of any historical memory or foresight, or hey, maybe we have your fucking tweets stored somewhere, Activision and by proxy Blizzard's been real vocal about their support of these protests. Well, I Ish. wouldn't say real vocal. Vocal at all by their standards, I guess. Mm-hmm. They they put out like a single like like one or two sentences, yeah. vague as fuck, and it's incredibly vague and just like no. In the same way that every large corporate entity that's kind of trying to seem on board but also like covering their asses actively is doing. Yeah, just like the the the, the very least that they could do just to not look like they're just completely ignoring it which oh, yeah, they this... are completely ignoring oh, yeah. it they just decide to put out two sentences on a black background and act like that's fucking meaningful i'm helping yeah yep. <laughs> yeah no I, I i love that it's like and it's a trend that's going on not just with activision blizzard but like seeing a bunch of companies that like are like that are getting blatantly called out for the fucking Double speak bullshit they have going well, like, on here. Bethesda like, got in a bunch of trouble this week where someone just uh, compiled a picture of all the various like Bethesda social media accounts, and mm-hmm. all but one of them is doing the LB uh, the the Pride Month. Yes, thank you, because my brain is fried still, courtesy of being sick. Yeah, except like the Middle East one. If you line them all up, it's rainbow flag, rainbow yep. flag, rainbow flag, normal logo, rainbow flag, rainbow flag, rainbow flag. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's it's horse shit. Um. You know, they're they're not like, you know, Ben and Jerry's who, let's just say, they have an amazing, amazing, like, like release about, yeah. like, going, uh, it's like many paragraphs 
going into specifics. Like, it is not halfway, he, we feel your pain type of, type of non-committal, you know, nonsense. It's actually meaningful, but nope. Yeah, I mean, as, as you'd expect, you know, Blizzard puts out the minimal of what they can, because you know what? Yeah, they're super, super two-faced. They don't care about human rights. Yeah, they like, care about money. When if you're if you're a fan of this podcast, you're used to us really like really enjoying making whipping boys or whipping boys are deserved. And remember, this was a company that was busy suspending people's esports careers. Like across the board, they were siding with China and the audacity to try and be like, we support protests at all. Yeah, yeah. fuck that. Well, they, they they don't even go that far. It's like, all right, I'll just read what yeah. they wrote. Today, and always, we support all those who stand against racism and, equal, in, and inequality. There's no place for it in our society or any society Black Lives Matter. Hear that, That Hong is Kong? the most non-committal, does not talk about police brutality, does not talk, like, just, just the most brand name feels, feels your pain. Yep. Brand oh, name yeah. cares about you. <laughs> once Please again, buy Wendy's our has, stuff. Once again, Wendy's has taken a harder line in the sand than a variety of other com- companies out there. Yeah, I mean, I mean that is the most non-committal, lukewarm, milk toast couple of sentences that anybody could have possibly have put out. Just, yeah, well, I mean, like also, like, and I mean, I'm probably the biggest Blizzard fanboy here. But you're the, the only irony... Blizzard fanboy here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the irony in that statement, and even I recognize it, is that, oh, hey, yeah, we always support protests, but when it's done in the way that affects your money, then all of a sudden you're fucking against it. Like, don't, don't, like, come on. Like, don't give us that bullshit. Yeah. And I'm glad, and and, and people were rightfully so for calling him out on that hypocrisy. Like, I think one of my favorite things this week has been watching all these companies come out and be like, oh, hey, yeah, I support, you know, the protests, Black Lives Matter. And then people being like, oh, you guys, like like Disney, for example. Disney was putting out their messaging. It was like, yeah, you know, this and that. Like, where were you guys supporting John Boyega when you guys photoshopped him out of the poster for the fucking Star Wars movies? Like, yeah. shit like that has been so good to really see. And, like, you mm-hmm. have companies out there like Ben and Jerry's who go completely out of their fucking way to be like, fuck yeah, this is what we're going for. And people were like, oh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, they've been like that. But, like, watching yeah, some of these companies. <laughs> Like, and even celebrities, like, watching some of these celebrities called out, like, mm. I, like, I have a hit or miss relationship with LeBron James, but, like, case in point, he also got shit for, like... Rightfully so, yeah. Yeah, yeah basically, when he came out, and basically, in, in support of the CCP. Exactly. The, uh, yeah, I mean, it's like, no, no, just no. Yeah. With all the good you do, just... just Stay where you're, where you've been already doing good work, and where you've basically made it your specialty. Don't speak out about stuff that you don't know anything about. Well, like I won't even say that because then I feel like it's almost Laura Ingramish in a way, because it's well, sem- no, essentially the same way of like shut up and dribble kind of thing. No, that but bo- it's more that, of a bothers me. Read it, so. you know, read up before you make a statement, which is anti Laura Ingram because she never fucking reads up on anything or, or researches a researches a single thing before she makes ignorant statements. I, no, like my thing is no. Like I would say she educate does, yourself and I then would say make she, a statement. 
I would say she actually does research all her stuff because she's obviously being blatantly fucking hypocritical and knows what she's saying and obviously is being shitty for a reason. Like, yeah. I think she knows more than she likes to put on. But but in any case, yeah, it's just... Yeah. Yeah. So you know, it's There's just, some, some companies and some celebrities you're seeing, like, making an actual stand. I mean, like, uh, gosh, I can't think of his name. Uh, but, like, well, Jane Fonda's out there getting arrested because she's been doing this since the 70s. Jane, Jane uh, Fonda's a fucking boss. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. trying to think of his name. I know this evolved uh, past the, uh, the, the Activision Blizzard. Oh yeah, John Cusack. In. John Cusack went out and watched things go down and basically had, like, you know, stuff pointed at him. Like, he was in the, he was in the thick of it. Mm-hmm. And reported on it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but John Cusack also has a history of being involved in, in protests. Like, yeah. this isn't anything surprising. So it's like, he he didn't just make a statement. No, he was he was out there and took pictures and <laughs> and and documented the stuff going on. Uh, so, oh no, this week is very much designed by let's keep Charlie talking as little as possible because he still feels like ass. And this is important yeah. stuff to talk about on our Sleep Little Gaming podcast. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's but uh, yeah, it's just we see we see who's being genuine and we see who's not. We're not idiots, and I'm talking about us as just, like, the greater sort of community of, yeah, and of gamers, like, gamers who are watching these companies is like, we're not idiots, we're not rubes, we 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 can read, you know, what you've written and tell pretty quickly if you're just pandering or if you're actually meaningful about this stuff. And, Have you yeah. been following the Twitter account that's going through and, like, blacklisting a variety of gaming companies for, you know, taking a political oh, stand. That guy's fucking hilarious. It's amazing for gamer. all the wrong reasons. Yeah, because, like, there was actually a post, too, where somebody was like, oh, well, I guess I know all the companies I'm going to follow. He's like, wait, no, that's not the purpose of this. And it's yeah. like, what did you like, expect? Thanks, thanks for making a list of uh, our, our good comrades. Uh, and because there is, there is, like, I mean... And you know, I guess maybe we, since we're already talking about it, we might just roll into this maybe a little bit. Or you want to save it for later, talking about actual support, or at least what game companies are saying about it so far. But yeah, I don't know. Activision being two faced and Blizzard being two faced. Yeah, it's it's what we expected. Oh yeah, no, and the only reason we're bringing it up now is like we're making special note of this because it's that time and man did they get caught with their pants down in that category this week oh yeah yeah. absolutely but hey dude don't worry there's another gay overwatch character coming out soon and that's how they'll fucking make up for it i if this is it's gonna sound bad out of context but i am i that character would better actually be gay as opposed to this them like retroactively being like oh did you know soldier 76 is gay no, I'm oh, yeah. just making it up. They're just no, going to fucking... Oh, but, but also, remember, then the same thing, not gay everywhere. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Again, that's what I'm saying, though, is that he'll come out with a pride button I... on with the Blizzard logo and give you the lip service. Like, yeah. Yep. No. Yeah. Moving on from that, we're going to kind of blow through our traditional gaming news, I guess, this week. This is all news that pertains to gaming, obviously, it wouldn't be here, but... We're going to yeah. blow through our kind of quick 
specifically just video game, no further context required video game news. Uh, we got a fun monkey's paw moment where Dead by Daylight's getting fucking Pyramid Head from Silent Hill as its next uh, killer. And he's apparently pretty, good. Pretty yeah, and they're also, cool. they're also bringing in uh, the, uh, the, the star of, uh, of the third one of Silent yeah, Hill 3. The one from the movies, I guess. Heather, Heather, Heather Mason. Yeah. Mm. Um, which, cool. Yeah. You know, you know, if anybody can deal with that and make it kind of cool, it's going to be the devs from Dead by Daylight. Yeah, I, I didn't even know I wanted and this to happen. it makes super sense. Yeah, it makes so much sense. It's absolutely one of those moments where, like, if you said, hey, you can get another Silent Hill thing, okay, but it can't be a, in a Silent Hill video game, I'd be like, is it in Smash? And they go, no, it's in Dead by Daylight. I'd be like, oh, that's okay then, that makes sense. That's correct. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, the thing is, it, it makes super sense in the sense that, like, the... There's a dark world in Silent Hill, and it just makes sense that it would also cross over with the Dead by Daylight dark world. In the same way that, like, for uh, Stranger Things, the Upside Down being linked with, yeah. the dark, with the world of Dead by Daylight especially, also makes sense. Especially because, like, the the dark world of Dead by Daylight is a nebulous thing. Like, it's... Yeah. It somehow justifies, like, fucking... Uh, Jason, uh, Michael Myers and Freddy Krueger... And the uh, Demogorgon all being in the same place because maybe it's just the Nightmare Factory. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, like I said, but it makes a special sense like to be linked with Silent Hill because Silent Hill does have a very separate sort of dark world and regular world thing. Yeah. Uh, moving on from that, though, we got uh, Kingdoms of Amalur Reckoning, a game that I care a great more about than I probably should. There gets getting a remaster coming out on August 8th. If you don't know what that mm. game is, that's that game that studio, I think was 38 out of Rhode Island, like bankrupt the state. That was some air quotations on that, definitely. Uh, it's the Kurt Schilling video game. I, it sold over a million copies when it came out. I thought it was a fucking amazing game. Maybe way too fucking long, but it had some cool stuff in there. I always wanted to... I, I, will probably pick this up again if I'm still, if we're still in quarantine because, like, the game at base level is, like, 60 hours long and, and contains side plots that could be their own fucking fantasy games. <laughs> yeah, I think there's, like, three or four guilds in the game and each one of those guilds takes, like, easily 20 hours to get through the story of. If you've never played Kings of Amalur, it's got a surprisingly awesome battle system and upgrade path. It's a, it's a neat idea for a fantasy setting. It's got kind of a World of Warcraft aesthetic to it, say a little bit cartoony, I guess. Um, I had a lot of fun with it. It's a very combat-focused RPG. Not a lot of people will remember that. Like The payoff of your choices is pretty instant-fucking-taneous. Uh, if you're curious, I hope it's going to be a cheaper kind of remaster thing. If not... You can definitely get the normal version for like ten bucks on Steam. Yeah. Oh, it's not going to be terribly expensive. I mean, it says uh, forty dollars. It's looks like forty. Yeah. Forty dollars for the standard. This is a game that you will. Not bad. Uh, like purely on the hours per dollar perspective, this is like Skyrim esque in that category. Except you might not want to do a second playthrough because holy fuck, is that game long? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I might consider it. I it's like a cool game. Good, I liked it. Good engaging fantasies. I liked fantasy it a lot. RPGs. It, 
the the ability to build your character class is what I thought was cool. So like it's the whole idea behind the game is that uh it takes place in a world that's kind of got the Viking, like you know from the day you're born exactly how you're going to die, and there are people that like can tell you exactly how you're going to die, like, like fortune teller style, and your character because they died but kind of like didn't die all the way kind of slips the noose on that one and as a result is capable of like just fucking up people's timelines in ways they shouldn't be able to so kind of all the story of the game revolves around like loops and preordainedness mm. and your character showing up being like yo I break timelines for lunch breakfast at lunch breakfast and dinner bitches <laughs> And there's, like, weird time finishers where, like, you literally impale people on the splintering of reality. Like, it's... The game has some cool shit going on, but, like, as part of this, it's called the... Like, you build your character. There's three kind of talent trees you work through, fighter, rogue, and magic, and the game does not fucking care how you mix and match those. In fact, it Mm. encourages them where it's like, hey, you have a bunch of points into rogue and warrior. Here's, like, a pre-generated character class that'll give you benefits based on that, and each of the three classes plays really differently. I think the time I played through that, I played through Rogue and Warrior Heavy, but I use the Rogue weapons that are, like, fucking giant, like, uh, like, whip, not whip blades, like, crescent blade things, but then dumped heavily into the Warrior specs, so, like, I didn't have a lot of magic, but I was doing, like, armor-piercing, poison, lighting shit on fire, draining its help, and also, like, had a chance to, like, make them turn against their friends at every single attack swing. And that was all kind of baked into the build I made, and the game was like, cool, you did that, awesome. You should be this powerful. You're Hmm. a fucking god, kind of. Like, go break shit. No, actually. Yeah. I'm happy that game's getting a second life, potentially. Uh, Sony got Sony got fined 2.4 million for having a misleading return policy on Australia. Mm. Not a ton of money, but we reported on that earlier. I believe we did. I think it was talked about how the lawsuit was moving for this. They actually got a, they actually got fined it. Yeah, yeah. So now, yeah, they actually got a proper fine out of it. Once again, this is a thing because Australia has really good kind of customer rights laws. I guess is probably the right phrase for it. Hmm. Yeah, they said basically it's like customer rights don't expire. Yeah. Essentially is a, is the big part of that. Like essentially it was like Sony Europe was saying you only had 14 days to return to digital game. And they said no, rights don't expire. They go into perpetuity. So, no. Yeah. So, yeah. Which yeah, I mean that's good strong consumer laws, consumer advocacy laws. Next up, Sega got out there and announced the Game Gear. Micro. Oh, yeah. I, if someone doesn't make, like, a full Game Gear size, like, handheld dock thing I can put my Game Gear Micro into, someone's <laughs> fucked up. These things are proper tiny. Like, really small. Maybe too tiny, depending on who you are. Oh, uh, the screens are way too small. I mean, the screens are, like... They look real small, like yeah. real small. They but they've already made sort of a uh, a uh, big window thing for it. So you oh, can they better be having it. a lot of fun with this dumb idea, and it's great. Uh, but the cool thing is, is like, you, well, all right. So each one of them comes with four games preloaded, but these are high quality games. 
And some of them really rare and would let's be otherwise Let's take a step back. Like, not everyone knows what the fuck a Game Gear is. Let's, let's cover that nightmare real quick. Okay. So, the Game Gear was a portable system. It was put out as sort of a response to the Game Boy, except that it was full color. And keep in mind that the Game Boy at the time, the I'm talking the green screen, just the black and white or black and green LCD screen, took four four AA batteries to, to to run it and then and worked relatively well. Well the Game Gear was like they just took a Sega Master System and and put a large case around it. I mean I say portable with the biggest scare quotes possible. It required because, like a a neck strap. Yeah. And it needed like eight batteries or something ridiculous like that. I don't remember, but it was I just like I think they were D's. Like that that's how ridiculous this thing was. Yeah. I mean it was a full color system. I mean it's it is it is straight up a portable master system. Sorry, it was six double A batteries for three to five hours of gameplay. Yeah. And so but it was full color, but it came with some wild stuff. Alright, so you could get a what a a master system converter for it that is you could actually sit, put a converter in it and play mass Sega Master System games which mm-hmm. that's pretty cool but yeah because it's 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 a slightly more powerful master system actually uh, the games that are actually more sophisticated in some ways but uh but it also you could get a TV tuner with this thing like an analog TV tuner with an antenna and everything so there, yeah, there, there's some pretty cool stuff packet that you could get for it, but it's just. I think out pretty... of the box, you could just hook it up to a TV too, couldn't you? I don't know well, about I that. Remember, I remember when the Switch. I got think announced. so, actually. Yeah, I remember something... when the Switch got announced. My reaction to it was like, "Oh, they made a Game Gear, cool." Yeah, uh, yeah, I think there is. I think it did actually, but yeah. In any case, I'm, yeah, it was massive. I'm not sure if you could huge. officially, but I, I, I have memories of a friend spending a half hour hooking their Game Gear up to a TV just for the batteries to die. Like, that was a... That is the quintessential memory of what a Game Gear was in my brain. Yeah. Now, you could get a a plug for it, which kind of takes away the portability section, but if you're hooking it to a TV, I mean, and you had the plug, then that means you didn't need it. Also need, like, a Sega Master System. You, I mean, that was just your... Could be your console. Yeah, kind of like, you know, the Switch or something. Um, but that's the thing, it is portable like the Switch is portable, that is not small. Not that small. And, and the Switch is smaller than the Game Gear was, like... It was thinner, not... Lighter. Thinner, but, uh, it's thinner, but larger in, in, a, in, in the sense that it is just wider. The, uh, the Switch is wider than the Game Gear, wider and taller. But the Game Gear was... Th- Thick. It yeah, was, it, it, it was, was dummy thick with two C's. No, it was just thick, spelled T H I C K. Like it, there's nothing sexy about this thing. Like this thing was a brick. Are you kidding me? That console handheld was fucking sexy. You get out of here with you shaming the Game Gear. I won't stand for it. You could drop this on someone's foot and it would turn that foot into white powder. Good. Their <laughs> it just turns to was sand anyway. <laughs> If the foot couldn't resist it, the foot was weak anyway. If anything, you should thank the Game Gear for ridding you of a part of your body that was weak. You could use a Game Gear to hold open a door in a hurricane. You goddamn right. 
Game Gear was the Nokia brick phone of consoles. No, no, it wasn't. That was part of the problem. They were kind of fragile. But yeah, the uh, but yeah, the, the but some of the games that the minis come with are really rare, and if you tried to buy them, would be outrageously expensive or just impossible. Like it comes with the well, Game Gear. One of them comes with the Game Gear version of Gunstar Heroes. So I, and, maybe you can explain this one because I can't quite figure this one out. Is this kind of the Tiger Electronics style where it's one plastic device has these games on it, or can you like swap cartridges? No, you can't swap. Okay, cartridges. yeah, that, that's that, that was my con- fixed. That's what I thought. So yeah, it- just like the other the other minis that have come out, they they have a fixed number of games. Just that these have a lot less games on them. But yeah, like it has the Megami Tensei Gaiden Last Bible, the Last Bible games on it. Uh and the Game Gear Shinobi, which is also super rare. Like these are games that would otherwise be impossible either expensive or impossible to find, which pretty cool. I mean, I'm noticing a lot of minis have been doing this like putting on some of the games that would be that are outrageously rare on it. So now you don't have to search down eBay and pay 200 bucks for it. you just you know buy the mini system that has the game that you want and that's and I think that's pretty cool. Well so and let's run through I guess the four options you can get. So your color options are black. What color is that? Like light blue, light blue. sky blue, just... yellow and red. And the black one will come with Sonic the Hedgehog um Papayo 2. Puyo, Puyo Sorry, too. yeah, wow, I'm going to blame Ziggs on that one. Outrun, Royal Stone, the blue one comes with Sonic and Tails, Gunstar Heroes, Sylvan Tail. An RPG. Yeah, Baku Baku Animal, the yellow one comes with Shining Force Gaiden, Shining Force Gaiden 2, Shining Force Gaiden, Final Conflict, and uh, Nanyo Puyo. Nice. Nope, I'm not going to try nice on Puyo Arle, Arle, no, Ru. Thank you. Um, which is a which is linked in with the Puyo Puyo series. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's just a uh, sort of a dungeon crawler style and, game. Yeah, and last but not least, you have the red one, which has uh, Megami Tensei Last Bible, Megami Tensei Gaiden Last Bible Special, uh, the GC Shinobi and GG Col- sorry, Shinobi. Sorry, my screen and columns. Yeah. If you order all, if you pre-order all four, you get a fancy magnifying glass to make it easier to play on these dumb things. Yep, which is a thing that the original Game Gear had as well. The GameCube had, not GameCube, uh, Game Boy had those too, but they were like second-hand products typically. Yeah, but yeah, Sega did come out actually have an official one, and this is just basically built like the official one, <laughs> which brings the screen to about the size of the original <laughs> Game Gear, which is a. Uh... But yeah, these are proper tiny. Like these are like actually pocket-sized systems. I mean, but yeah, you couldn't quite swallow one by accident, but you could lose one very easily. Yeah, yeah. It's only eight. It's only like eight centimeters wide, which is really tiny. That's like nothing. Yeah. Moving on from that, we have your kind of what's new in streaming technology update, I suppose. Uh, GeForce now that uh, I guess kind of we think it's a fan favorite. We think it's cool mm-hmm. streaming system out there. Uh, is doing have an opt in system so they can stop having games delisted. Probably good on them. So yeah, it's opt in only. Where it was just like you'd have to opt out specifically. Now you have to 
opt in. So it's just a complete change on the model and how they allow games on there uh, into GeForce now, which is smart. I mean, I I think they underestimated the amount of like like kind of response that they would get on just having people being able to play the games they already bought on a streaming platform, which I don't, I still, we both, we all understand why they want people to rebuy them on something like Stadia. They don't, but it's like, you're just going to have more people playing your games with, with, with GeForce now. It's like, what's, what's the problem here? I, I still think it's stupid. The games that have been delisted in the studios that decided to do so. It's like, it's not, it's not like they're circumventing buying your game. They have to already own your game to play on this. It's, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous. But yeah, to avoid all that ridiculousness, they're just doing an opt-in, opt-in model now. Yeah, which yeah, I guess yeah, it'll be better. Well, also a smart move on that aspect. It shifts. I guess, public outcry of why can I play this game away from GeForce to, you know, the people that actually are making those decisions. Yep. Mm. Which is smart. And you grabbed this one, so I didn't have a chance to dig into it, Henry. Uh, this Steam Cloud Play thing, I, that, that it seems to run parallel to what we were just talking about. How is it different, I guess? All right, so they're, they're just, so Steam has just recently come out with something called Steam Cloud Play. A and it is a cloud-based gaming feature. Oh, is that the um local co-op remotely thing? No, it's kind of like being able to play your Steam stuff on a virtual PC. Mm. Um, but it's like for now, it's just they're just linking it with GeForce Now. It's the only service. So it's so I guess I'm not quite sure how it's different or why they would have this sort of Steam Cloud Play thing if it just links to GeForce now. It may be just they're officially endorsing it, essentially, at that point. Like, hey, Stadia exists. Here's the Steam version. Yeah, so... But I guess... I'm not sure what... Why anything would need to be done differently to connect it with GeForce now, because GeForce now is just virtualized PCs. I think... And that's the thing. I think this is a step in... They're wanting to make their own cloud platform, or at least some way for you to play your Steam games kind of virtually on any system. But yeah, for now they're just like, eh, just use GeForce Now, which is kind of, it's just, it's weird. I mean, that's all I have to say about it. It's kind of an, it's odd, and I don't fully understand why it's even necessary, I guess, to a certain extent, other than they are making it easy. I think they're trying to make it easier for people to do to program in cloud saving feature into the into their game which is you know if you want to play if you want your steam game to move to whatever computer you want and have the same saved games you you have to have steam cloud enabled maybe this is making that a little bit easier but it's not clear what they're trying to do here it's well i mean it is but it's still kind of weird Especially if Steam once is planning on eventually doing their own cloud service, it, yeah, it's it's kind of odd. But anyways, yeah, yeah. Our continuing light and non-controversial news. Uh, next up, we have they're, ma- they're making a pretty actually major update to Pokemon Go, meaning that the Pokemon will now be able to hide behind objects if using the kind of AR mode thing, which I don't think anyone really uses anymore. 
well at the moment yeah but it's just kind of hilarious that now you know pokemon which were already kind of difficult to hit <laughs> now they can hide from you got dodge tactics man so i just think that that's pretty funny i look but. forward to people making up not needing to photoshop anymore but having images of like pokemon high giant pokemon like onyx hiding behind like spoons and shit like that <laughs> <laughs> and the inevitable bad stuff that'll come out of it that'll be funny as fuck what's a nebula award uh, henry all right so Nebula Nebula. Award is a literary award. It is a sci-fi literary award. And it is yearly. I mean, it's the major one. Like, this is or science fiction and fantasy, sorry. And it is the major award. Like, winning a Nebula Award is a big deal. And they've actually had a games category for a while. But this year, the Outer Worlds wins the Nebula Award for Best Game Writing. So it is, I mean, in, in essence, it's still a literary award, literary award, but I think it's very cool that they've, that the Nebula has already, for a while now, chosen to recognize that, hey, video games also have writing. I mean, if you want to see, maybe if you want to just check out past Nebula Award and winners and, you know, in other categories, it's just, yeah, I mean, it's sci-fi and fantasy works of all, of all kinds. And it's it's recognizing good writing, and but yeah, that's I mean other nominees were like Disco Elysium, as you might imagine, and some other things. But yeah, this year the Outer Worlds won the Nebula Award, and that's pretty cool. Pretty cool that the uh, the team of writers there got recognized for apparently what I haven't played the Outer Worlds, but apparently extremely good game. Yeah, heard good things. I need to give that game a shot at some point. It's, it's got a roguelike. If I'm thinking of the right game, it's got a roguelike aspect to it. That I'm just like, I don't know if I want to engage with that. One of my uh, coworkers uh, played the Outer Worlds. He said he really enjoyed it. Outer Worlds or Outer Wilds? That's part of the problem. Yeah. Because uh, I've played the Outer Worlds, and I think it's fine. It's, it's the best Fallout game made in several decades kind of thing. <laughs> or since Bethesda bought it. Outer Wilds is a different game. Uh, it's The confusion is common. It's more Minecraft-y, I guess. The graphics are a little more cartoony. Uh, it's, it's about the end of the universe and kind of what goes on with that. It's... Oh. Yeah. I've heard nothing but good things, but also I've heard it's a roguelike, and yeah. It kind of has kind of it has a similar fan community to Undertale does, which there's like they want you to play the game, but then when you start playing the game, there's a right and wrong way to get that game, and that can be part of the problem. And if you don't like what that game is doing, guess what? You're not gonna like that game at all. Mm-hmm. So that game is just a discovery game at the end of the day. Moving on from that to our to more of our kind of non-controversial gaming news, I suppose. Uh, Paradox Interactive has unionized in Sweden. I didn't even know unions exist in Sweden, but I guess it makes sense. Oh yeah, well unions are in most countries, like yeah, stronger. Oh, I, I'm than aware. The US, I just never heard of unions say. existing in Sweden, but I'm assuming they kind of go back to the 1400s, and that's why I don't hear about them all that often. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. So I mean, they've. It, but yeah, they've uh, signed a agreement with a, 
with a with a few with two Swedish labor, labor unions specifically uh Unionin uh, Unionin and Sako. And so yeah, and now there's collective bargaining and it's been unionized effectively. So that's pretty awesome. And good good on Paradox Interactive. I mean, yeah. this is that's the thing. There is room for like existing unions to allow gamers in, to allow like game developers in, uh, and this is just this is demonstrating that fact. So yeah, they didn't have to create a new union; they just made an agreement with existing unions. Yep. Yeah. Good to see that. Uh, next up, Fall seventy six runs out of intestines. <laughs> what? <laughs> All Wait, right. What? <laughs> I I need clarification on this. Uh, to, to, to up um, to kind of come down to your level, I guess, Alex. One might say Fallout seventy six doesn't have the guts it once had. Hey, yes, I must be sick. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was great. All right, so. What's happening here is there is a big event, and to take part in this big event, the Paznock Parade. Sure, they <laughs> they had to collect a bunch of a thing, and that thing, one of those thing, was some sort of intestines, and because you had to fill these weird robots. You're collecting stuff for these weird robots or something. And, yeah, you had to harvest them, and, but there's not enough to go around. So, end up being big bust. They, uh, they apparently did, like, postpone it, but even then, it just ended up... Uh, they are postponing it, but yeah, there weren't enough intestines to go around. Mm, good job! Keep being a walking dumpster fire, this Fallout 76. This has been 76, Weirdness of the Week. <laughs> uh. Alright, next up we got the Wholesome's game, the Wholesome Games Direct. Uh, this is technically kind of a independent fan, not a photo with one company, E3-style showcase of a variety of indie games coming out soon. There's a bit of a fake controversy around it where some people tried to claim that, like, Wholesome wasn't the correct title for and that Wholesome was a problematic word. None of the games fall in that category, so I, mostly it's a showcase about kind of upbeat, fun games that are coming in the indie world to counter the grim dark that is every fucking E3 thing, which I didn't think about until I started reading about this, but yeah, it makes sense. All the games I'm excited for are, like, murder, 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 and... I would love to know about some games that are, like, obnoxiously upbeat lately. Yeah. Yeah, and this is a uh, a nice little video. You can look it up on YouTube. Wholesome Direct. Not filled and... with any one company, too, so it's just kind of a fun indie... Like, it's an indie thing for indie games, making it indie squared. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it is It is fan-made. It is fan-assembled. There's... It's very, yeah. As you mentioned, it's not being—they're not being paid by some game companies to do this. There's, there's no revenue on this. It's just, hey, here's some very nice games to play that that aren't you know grimdark, you know, up you know upbeat games, and I and I like that. 
And I, I, I definitely have been playing more upbeat games myself. If you've noticed, like, from, you know, outside of Destiny 2, and, like, yeah, most of the games I've been playing have been pretty upbeat. It's like like the KOF stuff. That, you know, KOF, Even Destiny is weirdly upbeat in its own bizarre way. Oh yeah, it's it's not it's not super grim dark. There's things about it that are, but it's not as. But yeah, it's like you know, like I also been playing KOF, KOF All Star, which is pretty upbeat, especially with the very silly WWE stuff that I that I mentioned, which is that event is finally over, but it was super cool. Yeah. Like it was it was a lot of fun while it lasted. So. Really quick, since we're talking about that WWE event thing. Oh, God. Um, really quick. Did you know there was another fighting game that had WWE characters added to it recently? A while ago? Uh, no. Brawlhalla. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, I knew about that. I okay. saw I saw that update. I think we talked about that, as a Did matter we? of fact. I don't know if we talked about it. But- I don't know. I did. I think I distinctly remember actually talking about it when it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, uh, because I've I've played that game a few times, uh, and but yeah, I was I was I was aware that they didn't WWE thing there as well. But yeah, but the way they did in KOF was incredibly silly and fun, and yeah, yeah. Uh, I but yeah, wholesome direct. Check it out on YouTube if you want to see a whole lot of like really. Fun, upbeat games that are, you know, lighthearted and, you know, fun. So, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, we got some Skullgirls news for you, kind of, in the lead-up to EVO 2020, the online edition, if you will. Flag switches be king, whatnot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Skullgirls got out there, and in kind of an update, most Skullgirl updates are kind of maintenance mode stuff, just kind of tweaking the game to make sure it's as good as it can be for as many people as possible. They did take the time to kind of honor two of the, I guess, veterans of the game at this point. Mm-hmm. You know them from more kind of high-profile games like Mortal Kombat and Dragon Ball Fighter and all that jazz. But uh, Sonic Fox, our, our, our beloved Sonic Fox, is now an NPC in Skullgirls. Yeah. Super cool, yep. and yeah, I mean, I I've seen the artwork for it, and it looks fantastic. Really cool. Happy for Sonic Fox. But that's not just it. Uh, it's Sev, right? Yeah, Sev. They've updated Sev's artwork. Yeah. Uh, so Sev was in the game previously as an NPC, but now Sev's uh updated. Uh, Sev transitioned. Yeah. And so they've updated Sev's sprite. Uh, so now uh, it yeah. actually represents who it's supposed to represent. Yeah. Mm. Yes. And it looks there again. It looks super cool. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the Skullgirls uh, art. I I like the artwork on the it. Skullgirls Sonic Fox looks fucking badass. Like let's. Yeah, it looks so <laughs> cool. As someone who often finds the furry aesthetic a little bit kind of what eye rolly, their version of Sonic Fox is fucking cool as hell looking. Yeah, it looks super cool. Yeah, but yeah, good for, good for Sonic Fox. I'm I'm happy. Yeah, I'm happy, and I'm happy for Sev as well. Yeah. All right. So, uh, if for whatever reason you want to avoid lots of political talk, this is probably the time to tap out of the podcast. We should be back next week, assuming so. But we encourage you to stay around because the rest of our ty- the rest of our stuff is kind of 
part of what's going on. What's going on right now is important. It's not like a specific in-depth coverage. It's just kind of, well, now we have to talk about some news that's reactionary and or related to what's going on right now. And we think it's important. We hope you do too. So we hope you stay and listen. But if not, see you next week or whatever. I don't fucking know. I Later, I guess. But we do encourage you to stay around. These important things are happening. And it is important to kind of keep track of which companies you give money to and how they're choosing to proceed through all the Black Lives Matter stuff, the COVID stuff, the protests, reaction to the protests, the police brutality situation, just kind of everything going on right now that maybe you wouldn't expect out of a gaming podcast. And I'm not sure I expected us ever to get to this point, given where we started all this type of yeah, it's like we, we try not to spend too much time really you know, talking at length about politics. Yeah, and we and yeah, and yeah, but we have before. I mean, yeah. like I, yeah, I've talked about Blizzard. We talked about the Blizzard debacle. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like, and and here again, we're not we're not going to spend the entire podcast talking about this stuff. We just want to mention how it relates to video games. Yeah, and this is kind of this is kind of why I've loaded all of this news towards the back of our news section because we, we get it. This is a gaming podcast for some of y'all. It's a version of escapism and whatnot. You show up to hear me make jokes about murderous Care Bears and shit like that, and hear Alex's bad puns, and Henry be exasperated with both of us. Yeah, it, it, we understand <laughs> our sticks. Yeah, we, we, we get it. <laughs> but also, we do occasionally think that things are important enough to shine a spotlight on them, and what's going on is, and we're doing it our own kind of weird, gamey way, which is focusing on how the gaming industry is choosing to react to it. So, yeah, we appreciate you listening past this point if you choose to. If not, think about what that says about you as a person or whatever. Maybe see you back next week. Maybe don't. Let that, if you find this objectionable, let that Twitter account know about us so we can get put on the list. I would love to be on that list. <laughs> Faceless? Yep. Let's dive right into it. So kind of in a, not kind of, in a good political move, move I wish I'd see more often out of companies, a bunch of game companies got out there and they had plans to reveal kind of the future of gaming stuff either the previous week that when we record this podcast or the upcoming week when this podcast is out during there was a cyberpunk's kind of reveal had stuff planned cod had stuff planned sony had stuff planned ea had stuff planned and they all smartly chose to move it out of that time span and why this is news and not just us going yo shit got delayed is all these companies chose to take the stance at least of there's more important stuff being talked about right now. Let's not add to the noise kind of situation, which I give them points for at least. As much as it's yeah. also a, hey, we want the news cycle a little bit cleaner when we bring out the PS5, to, to phrase it in the, no, important stuff is happening. We don't want to get in the way of that. I give them points for it. Yeah. yeah. So for reference, uh, CD Projekt Red pushed the Cyberpunk 2077 live from Night City event. June 25th, the Sony one has not been rescheduled yet. I don't believe the EA and Madden NFL 21 has been rescheduled yet. The COD one has also not been rescheduled, but they all were supposed to have happened by now. And on top of that, we have the not new not E3 press coverage schedule, I guess is the right phrase. Uh, uh, so Summer Game Fest has been moved to May 12th at 2 p.m. Eastern Time. Wholesome Direct is May 26th at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, so that thing we already talked about, it's a coming. The Sony PS... Uh, 
May, we're in June. Sorry, you're right. It already happened. My bad. Yeah. PS5 showcase is still T, uh, T, uh, TBD IGN Expo. Apparently, it's still happening on June 8th. Uh, TBD, though. Gorilla Collective is, been, is now on June 13th at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. PC Gaming Show, June 6th at 3 p.m. It actually technically happened. And Did that not get moved? No, no sorry. I'm not reading the updates. That's been delayed until June. I should read all the notes we're reading. My bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the IGN one's been delayed to TBD. The Gorilla Games one, sorry, Gorilla Collective one has been delayed till the 13th to the... Uh... Yeah, until the 13th to the 15th, no exact date given. Instead of the 7th, it moved from the 7th, is the way of thinking of that one. The PC gaming show has been delayed till the 13th. The Steam Game Festival will now be running from the 16th to the 22nd, I believe. Yeah, the notes are just bad for that. We already mentioned CD Projekt Red's been moved to the 25th. EA Live has been moved back to June 18th, which that could be interesting. Uh... Days of Devs is now June twenty second. Uh, mm. The Sega New Game Plus Expo is on June twenty third. We'll see what the fuck that is. And that's in com- at Sega, combining with Koei Tecmo yes. and NIS America. So that's a couple of different companies with that. Yeah. Uh, yep. Ubisoft has moved its thing to July thirteenth. Uh, sorry, July twelfth. Not sure if that's a delay or not at this point. And the Microsoft Xbox 2020 is July TBD. I don't know which of those days have changed at this point, but hopefully I caught all the ones that have slipped, if you will. But let's get into the real cynical part of this this conversation. And it's that uh, NBA 2K20 has added I Can't Breathe and Black Lives Matter shirts to the game. Which, you know, it's fine, but, you know... Um, I th- I think it's, I mean, they're giving them away for free. They aren't selling them. If they were selling them, I'd have been just, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah but they're just giving them away. You can get them for free in the, uh, uh, the, the sto- online store where you normally buy stuff, but these are just free. You can just buy them. So, you know, mm. I don't really have, uh, I, I definitely don't have a problem with it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's... A nice basic thing to add to a game that's very popular in certain communities and not a move I'd expect out of EA's, you know, sports games. Yeah. Add more political than I think they've ever really gotten. But to be fair, the NBA, people from the NBA have been more vocal about yeah. political stuff than, than some other sports, I'll I say that. I wonder why. Well, it's like you have a coach, one coach in particular, that is often saying very politically charged statements um but yeah yeah it's yeah the uh yeah i mean yeah I, they're not selling it they're giving it away so yeah yeah but next up we got itch.io which is selling over 700 games to donate for racial justice and equality so it's a bundle and the bundle will be available for another week at least and it's for $5. $5 to get 700 games. I already got it. And you can give more if you want. I did give more because all the funds are splitting between two organizations. The NAACP Legal Defense and Educational Fund and the Community Bail Fund. And so, yeah, what you're paying for those 700 games is, yeah, it's a lot of games. 
and yeah, uh, I'm gonna. It's gonna. Yeah, I already have games on my queue as it is, so now I have 700 more. But yeah, it's like yeah, if you want something to do and you want to give to this cause, you could you could you know give to on HIO. It'll be it's on their front page, and it's in the news cycle. So yeah. I'd say that's an incredible deal because there's a lot of tiny games in there, but there's some full-on, like, really good games also included in there that are longer games. So, and it is people donated their projects. Itch.io didn't just decide. They asked, and developers said, yes, include our game in this bundle. Mm. And 700 games are in the bundle. And there's some real good ones in there, so... I've just looked over, cursory glance over the games, and there's a lot of good ones in there. So, yeah. I'm going to actually ask you to take over the news for the rest of this, because my fever is back. I don't want to fuck up during this section. All right. Yeah. So, um, and other sort of good news, Humble. Humble is putting $1 million. Now, we mentioned before that Humble is going into publishing. This is Humble mm-hmm. Bundle, the Humble Bundle people. So we've mentioned before that they're going into publishing. And now they are uh, putting $1 million toward publishing for specifically to support black game developers. And so, yeah, so they've announced, they've already made statements about it. You know, they're encouraging people to do, you know, and creating bundles for, like, giving to the NAACP Legal Defense Fund and uh, Race Forward. But also, they're just putting up quite for a smaller organization. Putting up a million dollars is a good, is a pretty good amount of money for investment. So that's really good. <clears throat> we also have a bit of a roundup. So there's basically there's a lot of uh, a lot of game companies have you know as we've already mentioned have put out more or less at least statements. You know some in more vague in support, some longer and more direct. And yeah, so to mention a few things, all right, so a couple of companies have published what that they've been making charitable donations. So <clears throat> in essence, they're putting their money where their mouth is. They aren't just saying they're supporting. They are also putting monetary support for uh, Black Lives Matter. Mm, so uh, Kit Fox Games has done so. Uh, Pop Agenda has. There is an uh, the Lion Killer dev, uh, Sissy Zhang, has put together an online Google sheet, collecting the names of uh, of specialties of pe- people who specialize in the game industry that can that have publicly volunteered to provide mentorship and advice to black game devs. So that's pretty cool. Um, you've you've we've already talked about a lot of companies have moved any announcements some have made some statements the pokemon company has made very strong statement about it about black lives matter uh sony and microsoft have made public statements of support but they've been more in the line of you know what we've expected for a lot of companies um ea has made a a longer statement and talking about specifically about uh, they're contributing a million dollars to fight for racial justice. 
And they are also mentioning that they'll ma double match any funds you donate to these and local organizations. So that's also pretty cool. I mean, EA's not, you know, always been good, but you know what? They're doing a good thing here. They've put out a very long statement. Like, this is more than just, this is several, many paragraphs specific, very specifically talking about George Floyd and law enforcement and improvements. And yeah, they're, and they're going to double match funds put towards ending discrimination. And so, uh, including with the Equal Justice Initiative and NAACP Legal Defense and Education Fund, this is pretty huge. This is one of the larger companies. This is the most direct and longest statement I've seen. And you know what? Good for them. You know, if you know, be on the right side of this, not just be on the right side of this, like make a really meaningful statement on this. Like this is not, this is well beyond pandering. So that's that's really big. Um, not, uh, yeah, Niantic and the Pokemon Company have also made statements. Double Fine has made statements. So, like, they're again talking about what they're donating to. A lot of them are donating to the NAACP and Black Lives Matter. Um, so, yeah. So... But, you know, uh, Epic's put out a very weak statement. There's companies that put out weak statements. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I want to highlight the companies that have put out very big statements. And, yeah, AI, EA, you know, Kit Fox Games, Pop Agenda. There's some games that are, they're putting out at the Pokemon Company. They've put out very meaningful statements about this. So, I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's a, they're again a mixed bag. But, yeah, some game companies have put their money where their mouth is and have actually donated to help help certain causes so uh very very good um but yeah that's uh i mean that's kind of yeah i mean that's kind of a roundup on that type of stuff but yeah i mean there again it's like we're not going to sit and talk at length about the subjects we're just going to say this is what the game companies are saying and this is what they are also some of them are also doing which is big. So mm. so I think that's that's important. But anyways, uh that kind of rounds that out. And that that really rounds out our our news for today. So I was banded off by reading the uh list of uh the games that have made the list. Holy shit, this list is too fucking long. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Fuck. It's a long list. Yeah. Yep, these are the games that you need to support. So, well done. Yeah, wow. <laughs> but yep. But yeah, um, some companies are, yeah, like, EA, honestly, I'm really impressed. Like, really impressed with, especially with them saying that they'll double match funds, which is pretty big. Yeah. So, yeah. But yeah, that, that kind of wraps up the news week, I guess. Yeah, I think so. Uh, that does it for this week, I suppose. Uh, we got no email this week. Um, most excited to check because Fever made me forget to check on that thing all week. Apologies if you sent something in. We'll get to it next week when I'm hopefully feeling better. But yeah, if you wanted to email us, how would you go about doing that, Alex? Uh, you would get the email provider of your choice to pull up a compose a new email. 
And in the email address, you put wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. What's the email again, Henry? That is wickedawesomecast at gmail.com. Wickedawesomecast at gmail.com spells it sounds down the show notes, etc. etc. Ah. Send them in. I love hearing from all y'all. Quick and question. It, what's up? About that. So if somebody had uh, an idea that they wanted to send us and it was really like sick, like really cool, would it be considered a fever pitch? I've got bad news. Alex will no longer be on the podcast <laughs> moving forward. Uh, <laughs> I, I hope you all enjoyed his last episode um, and stuck around for his uh, firing on air. <laughs> <laughs> look forward to just me and henry next week <laughs> i was gonna ask if y'all had anything else you would talk about before we clocked out but i don't care anymore so cue the metal <laughs>